Hello, welcome back guys to the Trekway with Mr. Gray and I, hello, um, we are going to do the review of Season 3, Episode <laughs> episode 3, uh, Mining the Mines, Mines Today, and uh, just to let you into a little secret, uh, Trevor decided to hit the streaming button instead of the record button, so if you're on my Twitch channel, you'll get a little sneak preview of that, if not, then tough luck, we'll, keep, we'll save it for a blooper reel down the line, uh, that was amusing. Uh, but anyway, yes, uh, we are going to do a special shortly um, on some Star Trek news probably coming out of uh, Star Trek Day today. Uh, we don't know. Okay. Yes, it's kicking off. It's on now, actually. So we... uh, No, about uh, 20 more minutes. About 20, 20 more minutes. minutes. Right. We're recording this probably during that because that's how dedicated we are to you, the people. Um, we will probably do a special with any kind of news and stuff on that and... We don't know much at this stage apart from Tasha Yar's rumour to be coming back, um, who I like. So uh, we'll come back with that. We'll let you know what's what. Uh, but yeah, moving on to review for this episode. I try not to go into too much detail with this like the last couple of episodes because I don't want to tear it apart and do another review episode. I want to go over it briefly and then we all give our points on it uh, and talk about it because that's how Gray and I roll. What did you make of this episode overall, uh, Gray? Were you happy with it compared to last week's? I I kind of approach it lower decks as a whole. I think like I mentioned last time is everything being around a seven. Uh, maybe yeah. sometimes an eight. Like I would give like the last episode like an eight because that had a lot of good stuff in it. Um, yes. And a lot of a lot of really funny moments. Um, but this one was more kind of, um, and I'm not trying to down it too much. It, there was still some good stuff on it, but it was more kind of like um, lower decks routine, I guess, if that's right. In other words, the kind yeah. of normal yeah. stuff that they kind of always do. The day-to-day so, stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I was expecting like, you know, more, but there was still some classic stuff that did go on here and there. They never, they always are able to do certain scenes, especially when they do my favorite characters, the cat and, and gotcha. Shaq. Um, because though I don't know whether it's hard for me this to give an explanation of what they do, I guess behind the scenes. But I just I can't help myself. I just love Cat and, and Shacks, and every time you still don't know the cat's name, Shaq, do you? I don't know. I keep on going Doctor Cat because I think it sounds funny. I, I don't. Like I still Cat. don't even properly know the cat's name too much because they're not regulars on the show. They're know, not. They, they, they're not the listeners, unfortunately. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. Um, it was it was uh, interesting you mentioned their day to day stuff, great because that is very much what part of this episode was about the kind of theme of it um, mm-hmm. between the two Cali California class ships. We see another one side by side. Yeah, the, yeah, that the, was in- interesting because I don't I don't think they I don't I never saw two before. I don't no, think. not not side by side. This is a first in my from my my, my memory. Yeah, anyway. I mean, unless one was in the distance or something, which is quite possible. Um, uh, yeah, but I've, not like that. Not like close, to, right next to each other. I only recall it this this first time. Um, but yeah, kick, mm-hmm. kicking off the episode, so it starts the first very 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 first scene of this episode is on a random alien planet. There's a ge- geologist there. He sees a like a little orb thing, a green orb. 
I'm thinking Romulans right away. Don't know about you, Gray. Um, and uh, he touches it, and all of a sudden, a kind of a spirit appears of a woman in a toga, scantily dressed, looking very nice, making suggestive uh, uh, comments to to the geologist. She then touches him, and he turns into stone. We're like, okay, right. Next, we then pan to space, and this is the, 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 the part that Gray and I just mentioned a moment ago, where we see three starships. We see uh, our beloved Cerritos. We see the Carol's Bad, and, and uh, Gray will tell you about something like that in a moment as well, if it's true or not, we don't know. Uh, and then we see an Excelsior class, which is great, because you see the, yeah. uh, the darker uniforms from like the first contact movies uh, onwards, which I really, really liked. Uh, well, tell us about the Carlsbad thing, Gray, that you think may be an actual... Yeah, I'm not sure if this is a, that did this intentionally, but as we talk more about the, the episode, there's a part where uh, the cast is stuck in a cave or a cavern yep. Okay, uh, in, on the side of a mountain. And, of course, Carlsbad, most people, a lot of people know, is famous for Carlsbad caverns. Um, and the Carlsbad caverns are the same thing. So I was kind of like, hmm, interesting. I mean, uh, maybe it had nothing to do with it. Maybe it's coincidence, but it hey, interesting. Hey, I've never heard of it. You say most people, I've never heard of it. So there you go. Uh, maybe it's just a common known thing in the States. Um, but mm-hmm. I, we like we like random Easter eggs like that. And even if that was not intended, screw it. We're claiming it as an Easter egg. Um, <laughs> but Watch it had nothing to do with it. And all of a sudden, yeah, we, we did that. We writers. claimed it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was ours. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But I, I always love it, great when there's scenes of uh several starships in space um i know it's it's not the cheapest thing for them to do animated or otherwise but i still love to see it and to see one of the big hitter ships uh i can't remember what that excelsior class was called actually the name of that ship but still nice to see all the same um now (laughs) definitely wasn't sulu or something no no god that, that would be brilliant if it was um so what what we have next is we have uh, Tendi who who I love is I love them all for different reasons. Uh, sure. She's getting <laughs> this cracks me up. She's getting uh, senior science officer training from a bird. A bird, Gray. <laughs> Was I, I had to rub my eyes? I, what are they just putting? Are, are, are animals multiple animals in Star Trek Lord Decks actual species? I've heard of the cats, but birds. How many more animals are we going to get, Gray? I I think they're going with 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 aliens that are more identifiable with animals just because it's it's goofy I guess. Well, I mean, but, it follows canon. But that, but that character's been around though. That's Doctor Mig, uh, Miglimo. He's the uh, Miglimo. The, the uh, psycho- Yeah, he's the psychiatrist. From where? The, uh, Kratos. He was not. Um, there was a time. There was a past episode where. Oh, it must God, have just been the remember, ones. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they had to go to the psychiatrist or something to get some counseling or whatever, or the ship's counselor, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And they went to this guy, you know, Doctor Mig uh, Mig Miglio. There you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but uh, you don't see him much, but this time you did. And of course, the character thinks very much of himself. Oh yeah, more than any, more than anyone else, of course. <laughs> but that's okay. That was his typical. Uh, Thing. That's his persona. Um, basically, mm-hmm. loves himself, thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, and ten days supposed to be getting training from from this guy. Uh, we we actually learn that um, it's actually going to be Captain Freeman that will be the the person that she's learning from um, later mm-hmm. on. But 
Um, I, I cracked me up to see a bird there talking. I thought the cat was a one-off for Star Trek, but why not have a bird that's a psychiatrist or doctor or whatever? He's yeah, uh, that that was amusing. Um, we. I mean, I was trying to think of kind of what bird he was. I'm thinking parrot, but I don't know. Maybe was... a parrot or macaw, macaw. Yeah, maybe? Or something like yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. If anyone knows, I like them worms though. Oh, no, oh, oh yeah. Oh god. Was like, because I, I... you should try these worms. What, what did he say? He said they have a nice. Uh, brown uh, toast on them or something. Yeah, so, something disgusting and mm. random. I'm like, yeah, I, I put me off my dinner for sure, and it was like gach a little well, bit, you, actually. You, yeah, gach. That's the uh, Klingon bowl of worms that they eat. <laughs> yeah, and they're both live as well, so I'll pass in the gach. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we moved to uh, the planet where we've got the Carlsbad crew, remember, a Cali ship as well, having what Trevor likes to call a ding-dong, a uh, little confrontation with the Suitos crew because it took me a moment to actually realize they were a, a, a Cali class ship as well, the Carlsbad. Uh, I thought for a moment they were the Excelsior class guys, and I thought that's why having a ding dong because the Excelsior class will be deemed as a higher uh, ship and crew right. than than the the Cali class, and and they probably are. But no, they're both Cali class, uh, and these orbs, Gray, that are turning everyone's fantasies into some form of reality. Um, have to be dug up and they have to be moved away for safety and it's literally the Cerritos crew and the Carlsbad crew are both on the planet and they're getting a bit pissed off each other trying to outdo each other because they want to be superior and show who's the best here I like that, you know, you wanted to see Beckett, mm-hmm. she can't see anything go past her she's got to be the best at everything and she's rallying the troops to clear them up um, uh, as quickly as possible we we get a little nice uh, Easter egg, though, um, that I noticed uh, not long after that, Gray. Uh, uh, um, easy for me to say. Let's try that again. Ambassador Spock was mentioned. Do you remember that when they're going through the inventory? Yeah. Mm, no. when, they're, when they're going through the I, they were going through the pads of documents, everything that was there, they mentioned, okay. uh, they mentioned uh, uh, Ambassador Spock's name really, really briefly. And I noted it down because this is the little cool Easter eggs and stuff I like to point out in this episode. Yeah. And during that time, uh, Ambassador Spock's still very much with us, isn't he? So um, I like that little touch. Um, and then, yeah, I mentioned sites officer training for uh, Tendi, who I also love with the captain. Uh, we're finding out more about these fantasies, though, Gray, okay? And by means, I know you've got yeah. some notes and points. Jump in with them. Uh, these cracked me up because Rutherford's fantasy was of Leah Brams, which was also George LaForge's real life crush. If you recall that episode back oh, in the okay. day, okay, no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Leah Brams was there, and that's your fantasies, like, oh yeah, 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 definitely. She starts talking about, you know, oh, come and check these warp cells with me, Rutherford right. and stuff, and he's getting a bit hot and sweaty under the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching him squirm. Um, we have and another... they're being careful too. They could have they could have dropped more innuendo. But they oh kind of hell little, yes, yeah, yeah. Like to give you guys an idea, uh, in the UK it's a sixteen plus that show age sixteen oh, really? plus. Okay. You know, so that that says it all. It's de- de- deemed for an adult audience, and mm. they could be a much worse. But you need to keep a little bit of dignity in Star Trek, even if it is a comedy. Gray. Can't go over the top. Well, see, this is why I like Doctor Cat because she cusses all the time, but they always go beep beep. beep, beep. <laughs> and Becky does exactly as well. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So it's just kind of like, okay. I was like last week's yeah, but episode. You know what? The, 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 but the cat was the one that did it all the time. Beckett's a latecomer on that. Well, if they use, if she only swears sometimes, the odd time, and it's funnier because she doesn't overuse it. Right, right. I can tell. Like last week when she's gone up the elevator stairs and she looks at the stairs yeah, yeah. and she goes, just, what the beep? Yeah. So, yeah. Makes sense. If it's done, but the, but, it's... but the swearing is so much of the cat's personality that if it, if he he she whatever didn't it would be it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. What the character is that's why we love the cat uh, just because cat gives no shits at all. We absolutely you know love think it. about it for a second. I never really put two and two together on this one, but the cat almost would be what McCoy could have been. Because McCoy was very, very caustic like that, but he ne- he never cussed because they couldn't do it back then, right? Yeah, no chance. But if you think, but if you think about it, if you had somebody like DeForest Kelly McCoy now, he could be a little bit like the cat and get away with some stuff. <laughs> the you cat know, is saying, the yeah. Right. Instead of saying certain things to to Kirk, he could he could say, you know. F you, Jim. Or something. And that's right. Or get away with it because they're friends. But I just, I just, it just popped into my head. I think that would have been, that would have been interesting. Great. It's a very good point. I think, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the cat is based somewhat, at least on bones. Yeah, genuinely. Maybe. Yeah. Because they have got a lot of uh, stuff in common. Uh, and I love how mm-hmm. sassy she is. So, yeah, no, definitely. One of her favorite characters, like uh, Gray and I have mentioned a few times, we'll probably mention several more times. Um, more more fantasies on on the the list here, mm-hmm. Gray from some more of the crew. <laughs> Boimler's fantasy. Do you want to tell them about Boimler's fantasy, Gray? So he finds an admiral. Apparently, I don't know if it's an admiral. He he uh, recognized, but this guy comes comes driving in on I don't know what this thing was on on, on, a, on a scooter of some type. A Star Trek hovercraft he, scooter, right? And he just comes <laughs> in and starts talking. The Borg have taken over. We need your help. And then he's and he's like, "Oh, the Borg! And I got I, I can take over." And he starts walking right to him <laughs> until Beckett Beckett grabs him and goes, "You dummy! That, that, that's, that, that's it's not real." Like, ah, oh, ah, oh. oh, damn, damn, right? You know, he's like, "You sure I can make you? Ca- I can make you captain all the pips and all that." You, you know what's funny though about that? When he came in on the cycle, I almost thought it was real, only because. Tron. The other fantasies that they don't come flying in on something, they're all just appeared. That's true. Talking. So it makes it more realistic looking almost. Yeah, mm. exactly. So I started going like, hmm, why, why is he different? You know, going like, is that a real thing? I'm also <laughs> surprised the fantasies didn't get a lot more realistic in terms of how they try to get a hold of their victims. But again, because it's a comedy, I guess they weren't going, and it's only 20, yeah. yeah. It's eight minutes, something long. There's only so much they can do. Um, yeah. If it wasn't a comedy, they'd be going like, just take my hand. Just take my hand. <laughs> Come with me. Um, we learn uh, what Beckett, <laughs> Beckett's fantasy. She goes bright red. It's of a fellow crewman, a hot and Dorian girlfriend of hers. That They're just friends, great. They're not They're not. They're uh, not yeah, they, re- no, they no. really uh, laid, they laid that one on thick. Uh, so she was yeah, right she, she was hot and Dorian for sure. Love the antennas for sure, no doubt about it. Uh, or ten eye, sorry, that's the correct uh, saying for that. Um, so yeah, we're finding out slowly but surely. Everyone's. I think we found out. Did we find out what uh, Tendy's? No, because Tendy was on the, uh, yeah, the was ship on the most of the time. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only one we didn't find out of. Uh, that would have been interesting to find out what hers were. May it might have been of her and Brotherford together, or maybe Boimler. Remember, Boimler, or, 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 or both of them. 
Yeah. But that's this is why we don't do an after <laughs> after dark episode because it would yeah, that would Yeah, we get too, <laughs> that would get taken yeah. off YouTube. Um so yeah, uh so we find out all their fantasies one by uh, one after the other. Um but then the the proverbial hits the fan grey. We have them trying to face off over over one another and they're showing off Beckett's trying to win the competition, who can get the most orbs collected. Uh, she shows off too much. She then talks to um, the chap from the, the start of the episode, the one that's kissing uh, uh, the commander's ass, basically. I can't remember his name. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know that one, the ass kisser, that one yeah. there. Um, she's like, uh, she says things about, uh, the commander and he's like really no 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 this is not true we'll show them who's the boss and starts showing off throwing all the orbs in really quickly he slam dunks two of them in the whole thing gets knocked over all the orbs break and then they wonder what happens because before you touch them you get fantasy but now they're all broken and the vapour goes into the air <laughs> and then you just know that it's going to turn into an absolute nightmare some of the things we see Grey one of my highlights, you can tell me, of all the monsters that start chasing them, mine is of a Borg snake. A snake that is a Borg. Yeah, yeah. Can you beat that? <laughs> yeah, it, was fantasy, it was fantasy cross with the cross. Nightmares. With nightmare and, and, you, yeah, and you get that. So that was, yeah, I like that. So note to self, don't, don't break the orbs because it'll, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, end, it'll end in tears. Um, and that's when the monsters chase them to the, ca- the cavern. And that's what Gray mentioned uh, about the Carlsbad Cavern. Cavern so for, yeah. for, for American listeners and viewers, you may understand that and appreciate that better than I would. Um, <laughs> which cracked which crack me up. The amount, of, the amount of, yeah, I think the Borg Snake takes the, the cake there, though, to be honest, you agree. Well, the, the funny thing was during the whole fantasy sequence or fantasy nightmare sequence yes. is that they, they, were, they discovered that all these different things that were happening to their fantasies were really odd because it seemed to be pulling other weird types of memories from them and then kind of mushing them together uh, to these creatures. Like, like I think it was the snake that spit up a basketball and he was sitting there going like, what? What does a basketball got to do with anything? And then there was one, one I don't know if you remember this one, but the one that was uh, uh, Tandy turn, turn, turned into a, a monster or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, that, but she was carrying a cowboy hat. And then so Rutherford or one of them turns her and goes like, have you ever had anything going on with this, with a hat with with Tandy? And she's going like, no, because if she put it on, it would irritate her antennae. Uh. <laughs> I thought that was funny. They just got to like drop that one. It's like, no, 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 no hat there. Yeah. And then, of course, these nightmares are just like totally off the wall and they don't know what's going on. The only thing is I was trying to figure out is were, were they supposed to be in your mind or were they supposed to be manufactured? But apparently I guess they were manufactured because they were shooting phasers at them and burying them in rocks. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah, because they're in the cavern. They never, they never really said whether it was so supposedly they, a solid thing. They didn't know, but because they're firing phasers at them, that makes me think that they're at least a minimum a hologram. Um, yeah. yeah, because they're in the cavern. They they basically lock themselves in the instance with the phasers to stop the monsters getting in. But then that's when, like Gray mentions, there's weird things like the snake shooting out the basketball, and they're like, what's going on here? So they start investigating more, don't they, Gray? They start looking around. They're getting some signals from that far end of the cavern. They go to the far end of the cavern. There's a, a control pad to get in. And I'm getting vibes right away, Gray, of uh, the first time, the first or second time we uh, find out that episode of Star Trek Voyager, Phage, 
Uh, I can't remember what those aliens were called that harvested the organs, but they were in caverns, if you remember, and everything was kind of hidden, if you recall, from back in the day. So I got vibes of that, big style. Um, But they basically uh, find a little secret section. They go in, they find Federation tech, they find a big master orb, and it's basically recording stuff. It is literally recording all their memories and stuff. They're like, going, what's what's going on? What's something's a bit bizarre here?" So they need to report their findings back uh, to the Suritos as soon as possible. But you know, while they're down there at the start, I found uh, a little, you know, these little cool things that I, I, I pull out, little piss takes as I call them of Star Trek. They, as soon as they get blocked in that cavern, what was it Beckett says when they try to communicate? Not. It's not a normal day in Starfleet unless comms get blocked or something along those lines. I went, yep, yeah, 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 yep, or or there's not a, uh, or we the closest Starfleet vessel or something like that. It's always the usual yeah. lines, you know. Um, which I had a chuckle about. Uh, it turns out though that uh, the two crews having a, a ding dong against one another, uh, the, the actual Carl's bad crew were actually trying to impress the Sweetos crew because they're like, no, you guys are cool. What you but. You're not lame. Don't think you're lame. You're cool. And what's it they call them, Gray? The, the Enterprise of the Support Ships. Enterprise of Support Ships, yeah. They that must, was interesting. They must have felt so proud, like really, really yeah. tall and mighty there. And um, It was nice. It was nice to see that because it gave you uh, a real idea of how good the Cerritos is in, in comparison to Support Ships, of course. But Yeah. But even so, it was good. It was a development in the characters and stuff which was kind of it was it was it was nice to it was nice to hear them actually get a bit of recognition because yes they are a support Mm -hmm. ship but they're the best of the support ship so this is why they are the the top dogs there uh but let's not forget we still have tendy back on the ship gray uh getting her getting her science training there uh but she's not sure she can do it she's not sure she can pull it off so she goes and speaks to the doctor and sick bay our doctor um cat doctor because we can never Dr. remember Cat. her name. Dr. Cat. Yeah, let's call Dr. Cat. We will find out her name properly for next time, but we just like to call her the cat. Well, let, uh, let's, let, let's... I like, I like the doc, that scene. Yeah, Gray can take that scene because, yeah, it's a chuckle. So this is where it gets really funny again because I love the character. So so Tendi walks in, or rather, actually, it's a, a Dr. Cat asks for a, a, a sedative for the patient. Now, yeah. he has a pa- she has a patient on the table with some kind of weird-looking fish thing with giant teeth <laughs> that basically is half his foot in his mouth. And he's going like, am I going to be okay? You know, And then uh, he goes, get me a sedative. And all of a sudden, Tandy comes in and gives her the sedative. And she just looks at her with a straight face and goes, what the beep are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just classic. I was sitting there going, oh, man. He's, and this is, well, and then she started to explain, you know, why she was there and stuff. And then she started to, to be honest with uh, Dr. Cat about how her feelings are. And then, he, and then of course, being Dr. Cat. She he just goes like we're really gonna do this now, aren't we? And oh. so then she turns around and just get and gives her some advice and tells her basically, look, you got to screw up to be able to become a better person. It's not he said, but I study all the time. He says, studying is one thing, but you got to mess up. And when you mess up, you learn. And then you know, and then she took that to heart, and it was a good piece of information for what she wanted. But during during the scene though, in, in each they used to cut away every once in a while. And she would sit there and talk about, like, you should be like this guy. He says he's about ready to get his toes digested by the fish. And the guy goes, what? He wakes up and goes, what are you talking about? She goes, shut up. <laughs> Just puts him down. And then later they talk a little more. And then all of a sudden he comes up and she says, he says, well, now I'm going to have to, you know, 
let him know that I got to cut off his foot and so he can grow a new one. And he's <laughs> and he gets up again and goes, what? And she uh, just drops these lines every every so often about yeah. doing something to the to the uh, to the patient on the bed. It's just hilarious. I'm just like rolling when she's sitting there saying all this stuff. Remember the chainsaw? Then, oh yeah, and at the very end, after he she right, he finishes giving. Is that, I don't know if it's a he or a she. I keep doing this. She, she, she. Um, okay, fine. So she finishes giving the, the information. And then all of a sudden, the guy goes, "You aren't serious about that." He, she starts the chainsaw, and he's going, <laughs> he goes like this, and they cut away, and you hear the guy screaming. Yeah, we, we do. Like, wow, it was my favorite scene of that whole episode. We, I, I we, we do love it. the doctor uh, and Shaq's equally. Actually, I both love them uh, equally. Um, uh, the doctor's name is Tiana, by the way. T apostrophe A N A Tiana. Uh, yeah, but uh, much better. Uh, a Katian. Like, I don't know if you pronounce it. A Katian doctor. Katian. Oh, Katian. Katian. Right? Yeah. Um, and the wait a minute. Uh, I do have another favorite oh, scene we'll get yeah. over Shacks too, by the way. Yeah, is that is that yeah, so um finishing Very small, off, but it was good. Yeah, we're we're, we're so we're, we're finishing off the episode and uh the the crew are back on the Cerritos and the Carlsbad captain and Captain Freeman are they've been given a, a peace offering by the rock dudes, as I'm calling them great, the rock dudes on the planet. The rock uh dudes. and the the Federation scientists. They're they're coming on to kind of have some kind of peace treaty, basically, the two captains are trying to sort out the mess that's going on down there. Um, uh, and the rock dude, as again I'm calling them, offers a little peace offering to the captain. But the captains keep passing this little rock to one another constantly, like past the parcel, because none of them want to take it. It gets to the point where they're... <laughs> they're, they're going to... Uh, it's about to get smashed by Tendi, but however... Our other favourite character, Shax, comes on, and then Carol, Carol Freeman's like, "Yeah, okay, maybe we should just phaser it then." And then, soon as he, as soon as she says that, the doctor is uh, sorry. The, the doctor Shax is basically, "Oh, goody, excited!" You know, just a little tiny bit. I'm assuming that's about you're referring to, Gray. No, I, actually, that was a good one too. But I was referring to a different ah. one. But when they were when they were going back and forth with the rock and stuff like that, all of a sudden, a whole big argument breaks out. So the entire senior crew of the Cerritos and the Carlsbad are all arguing in this room while the two alien races are looking at them, looking at them going like, what is going on here? Why are they sitting there arguing and yelling and screaming at each other? So it gets really crazy. And then all of a sudden, Shax goes, I'm having flashbacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I hear this and I just cracked up. I couldn't, I couldn't handle oh, it. It was so funny. Yes, it was I just a that. small line, but, but for some reason... He and the cat especially get the best lines. That you, if you don't pay attention to it, it you can You'll mess just it. blow right by you. You'll mess it for so sure. Now, I've, now I, pay, I pay close attention now to Shax and the, and the cat, Tiana, whatever, and just because they usually are given some of the best stuff. They are. They are. Know, it's I mean, almost like, um, do you remember seeing uh, God, what those movies, the comedy movies where every scene was something different? Um, oh, Naked Gun! Oh yeah, yeah, Naked. Oh hell yes. <laughs> well, in those mo- in those movies and the TV series that it came from, you had to really pay attention to what was going on in the scene because there was some funny stuff going on. And if you didn't look at the scene carefully, you would miss half the stuff that was going on. Was James Dunn not in one of those uh, movies, Scotty? At one point, yeah, Naked mm-hmm. Gun thirty three and a third when they're walking along the corridor. Yes, and and talking about he was fixing a tea machine or coffee machine or something and he makes some kind of Star Trek line or quote or something. He was in it for sure though. You remember? 
I don't remember now. It's been a long time. Oh man! But, that, but those were those were what they're doing. Not to that extent, but in this series, they do that too. They, I swear, they got to be looking for for those two characters to say these things in every episode. When they can think of something good, they just give them the lines and see if anybody really picks up on it. We will. We will. Gray and I will always pick out the lines in the comments like that. Call them Easter eggs. Don't call them Easter eggs. I like to point them out anyway because it's what makes the this review a bit more unique and a little bit more mm-hmm. cool that we point out little things like that. And because we love Shaq's dearly, then yes, he had a couple of cracking one-liners. Um, this and before is, we go, I want to interject. Before we go, there sure. was only one scene in it that I thought was not good. So much so that it really irritated. Oh, me. is it? Is this the ending? All oh, right, so we're not we're not quite then, Jeffrey. You're okay. jumping the gun slightly, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. we'll. we'll we need to bear that in mind because I know where Gray's going with this and I agree with him actually for what it's worth. Um, the the, the past the parcel of the rock is getting ridiculous to the point where actually Tendy picks it up and just smashes it on the desk. We then find a little uh, hidden uh, tracker inside there to which the whole, the, whole, the whole plot's been rumbled. The Federation scientist and the rock dude are working together uh, for whatever means. Uh, they're basically carted off by Shax. They try to sneak out, and Shax just goes, <clears throat> stops them, and they're he getting... Goes, yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> he growls. Just he, he growls. <laughs> um, uh, so they're basically getting taken off for uh, for to a court case. Um, and after this, the world's at ease. Uh, but what we do have to mention at the end, and I'll let Gray take this one, but I agree with his point very much. One thing we didn't like was the very end scene group. Yeah, well, basically the, the the crew of the Carlsbad and the crew of the Cerritos are just kind of whatever, talking a little bit at the very end. And they're talking about how, you know, kidding around with each other and how great this was and how great you were and how great they were. And they're all just giving each other accolades. But when they got to Bomler, they totally embarrassed him to the point where they made him look like he was insignificant. And I thought that was really bad on the writer's part because they've spent he's, time he's the main on the character, character of Bomler. Yeah. Right, but, right, but besides that, they've been spending some time on Bomler, making him a little bit, I'm not going to say better, but a little bit more um, grown. I don't, I, mature? A little more developed. A little more mature, a little more developed. Yeah. And it just took it all the way back to the beginning to where he's a complete dick. Let's put, let's put it plain. Yeah. I and I really didn't like that. And I thought that was very, very badly done. And I thought it was really stupid that they did that. It, it was, was just totally very irritating. It wasn't classy. It wasn't classy to put. I, I didn't see the point in them actually putting that in there. That's what. And possibly... the thing is, it wasn't, it wasn't just one funny pun to put him down. No, they it was were several lines. Down. And yeah. then putting him down, and then putting him down, and then they kept putting him down all the way to the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I 100% agree with like, you, Gray. There was no need for it. It, it didn't add anything yeah. to the episode. That's why I found right. it tasteless and pointless, you know? Um, so, yeah, no, that was a disappointing end there, but, I mean, let's see, it was a it was a decent kind of six or seven overall for me. Actually, I'll take that down. Mm-hmm. It was seven. I'm going to say six out of seven because that kind of lowered it a little bit there. But no, it was mm-hmm. it was it was a decent episode. It wasn't bad. Uh, more funny scenes in it, um, and we look forward to episode four next week. But what Gray and I will do, like we said at the start, we will we're looking to the end of the weekend do a kind of one off special there um, out with the reviews. We are keeping any length of time. We're just going to talk about a few things. Uh, Star Trek Day, some news that comes out of it, uh, a little thing that Gray wants to go over. Uh, and we should be good. So if you can do the usual good stuff, so if you like Star Trek, if you like the format uh, that we do for reviews and our specials, 
Um, we'd always appreciate uh, a cheeky subscribe because it's free and a thumbs up to show us that you like it. Please always leave comments below uh, because we are don't pretend to be experts and if there's something we could do better or something you want to see or hear, let us know. Please do. Uh, we will put this podcast as usual, sorry, this video onto the podcast platform so it'll be available to everyone. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll leave it there basically. Uh Anything else you want to add before we uh, shoot off, Greg? No, I think we're good. Looking forward to the next one. Mm -hmm. Yep, same here, same here. Okay, right, until until, uh, Sunday, maybe Sunday or Monday, all the best and live long and prosper, I guess. See you later. Bye-bye.